Hello, boys and ghouls. Cat here. Welcome to episode 9 of our Behind the Screams series, where we explore the world of fear, shock, and horror by talking to tastemakers in the genre. Today on the show, Chase Williamson. Guys, not gonna lie. This is a really great conversation. Chase is an incredible actor. You've seen him in lots of stuff. John Dies at the End, The Guest, Rocket Jumps video game High School, Lace Crater, Beyond the Gates, the list goes on. What's great about Chase is that he is a lifelong horror fan with a huge respect for the genre. So there's a real passion behind his stories and his insights that is just really fun to hear. Enjoy. So, Chase, what's up? Hey there. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing really, really well. Um, That's good to hear. Uh Um, Welcome to your apartment. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been here all day. You came. Um, I am very pleased to have you here on Boys and Ghouls Behind the Scream series. I'm very pleased to be on Boys and and Ghouls Behind the Screams um, in... My apartment with you, Kat. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it down. So I'm going to tell you how this is going to go. Okay. We are going to kick things off by, um, I'm going to ask you a series of questions that are kind of like a James Lipton-esque Proust questionnaire. Oh, perfect. Horror themed. Oh. Okay, so we want to get to know you as a horror uh, fan. Okay. Um, we want to see what makes you tick. Mm-hmm. So those will probably lead to some tangents, which will be great, unless you're incredibly boring, which I know you're not. <laughs> and then uh, and then we can talk a little bit about um, stuff you've done, and then, um, you know, giggle and squeeze and laugh. Oh, yeah. If that makes sense. <clears throat> totally. In no particular order. Sounds um, great. <laughs> all right. Here we go. This is funny because, like, I know you. I know, but I feel like I don't, I don't know, know you all you. of a sudden with these headphones on and this globular microphone. I know. Well, you and I have spent a lot of time together because we've done some shows together and we've hung out, but we've never, like, had a heart-to-heart. We need to... Mm-hmm. And I guess this is it? This is it. Yes, I'm happy it. about that. Excuse my cough drop clicking around in my mouth. That's so You're unprofessional. Excuse. Thank you. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> first question. What scared you as a child? Mm. And what was your first introduction to horror? It's a two-parter. Okay, well, um, what scared me as a child? I had this recurring dream, um, and it's pretty weird because... So I had this recurring dream of this wolf that lived in my closet that would, like, eat me if I didn't sleep on my side. What? Um, yeah. How like, old were you? I was, like, I, I, it's really easy for me to place memories that I have because I lived in a bunch of different houses when I was, like, a little kid. So I was in Tennessee, so I would have had to have been, like, three or four. Wow. Um, and he would eat me if I didn't sleep on my side, and, like, I would always know that the dream was, like, coming before he, like showed himself. Did it matter which side? No. Okay. I just couldn't sleep on my back (laughs) for whatever reason. Were you more comfortable on your back? Like, I, that I can't remember. I never found out. I never, I've I've never, I've never like legitimately fallen asleep on my back to this day. Um, (laughs) but the wolf, it was a blue wolf. Um, I called him the blue wolf and I would be like, who the blue wolf? And it looked almost exactly like the wolf from creep. Wow. Like when I Peach saw that, buzz? yes, when mm-hmm. I saw that movie, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> but it was like in a full body suit. But, but your blue wolf <laughs> didn't do a sexy dance. No, he didn't. That's he just kind of stood there, and I, I think usually once he he was revealed, the dream sort of ended because that was it was like the climax of it. It was like a lo- there was a lot of dread leading up to him like being in my closet and stuff. So you had a fear of a very real, like uh, real, but you know, um, yeah, he was definitely real, but like. Um, you weren't afraid of, like, 
getting snatched by some stranger on the street. You had a fear of a creature. Do you I was think that stemmed from anything? Like, did mm. you see a movie that scared you? I don't know where the where the wolf thing stemmed from. I mean, maybe it was like a fairy tale thing, like wolves, wolves and sure. fairy tales. Like, because I was that young. Kids' fairy tales are so fucked up. I know. I was really into like the real, like grim fairy tale stuff as a little kid for yeah. sure. Like, I, I wanted those dirty deeds. I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted that that dark shit. And I, it doesn't I, get much darker than that stuff. Yeah, like cutting off their heels to fit in the slipper and stuff. Ooh. Like, that's gnarly. Um, but, uh... So what was your first introduction? Do you remember the first, like, horror movie you saw or piece of a TV show or... I mean, I definitely... Box cover at a, at a <clears throat> video store that, like, really scared you? Like, what do, what's your earliest memory of, like, content horror My wise? earliest memory of content was, like, Friday the 13th part something it's the one where they have uh this dude against a tree and they have that like uh tourniquet thing like around his face and he like twists it a bunch and like cracks his skull do you know what i'm talking about i think it's like i don't i'm not gonna guess which one it is no i think um that might be part three because I always think of, I try to nickname them for myself because I think part three, uh, well, part three is 3D, but I, but also it's I feel definitely like, one where they're back at the camp and there are counselors. Right. Okay. Interesting. I don't think it's part six because I know that one pretty well, but someone's, someone listening right now is screaming yeah. at their phone going like, um, it's part whatever. Well, it was that one. Okay. Um, and I was in San Diego at this point, so I was probably, I had to have been, um, like six or seven. <laughs> um, and I have an older brother, so. Same. Um, yeah. He That's would, how I saw all the shit. He would, you know, in, introduce me, I guess you would say, to things, um, throughout my, my childhood. Um, and I, 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 I just, I remember that specific scene being, like, something that I was watching and, like, knew I wasn't supposed to be watching, and then, like, it sparked a thing where my mom was trying to, like, placate this curiosity by finding, like, kid-friendly horror movies, and then Poltergeist was that, (laughs) because it was PG or whatever. Um, And at the same time, I was really into Beetlejuice, because there was that cartoon, and then I remember I was staying in this hotel with, like, a video store in it. I don't remember why. Um, with, like, my family and stuff, and I saw that there was, like, a Beetlejuice movie there for the first time. Like, I saw the cover, and I was like, what? They made a movie of that cartoon? And, like, <laughs> totally didn't get it. Yeah. And then I watched that, and then I was obsessed with that movie. Yes. So I, I was always just, like, into really spooky things. I was into, like, well, I was really, like, when I was, like, a really little kid, I was really obsessed with, like, The Witch and The Wizard of Oz. Mm. And like I used to make my mother fast forward through I loved The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I would watch it all the time. But my mom knew when the witch was coming, I made her fast forward because yeah. I was way I like, too scared of it. I might have done that. What I remember being so scared of um those cats in um Lady and the Tramp, those Siamese cats. Like I couldn't watch We that. are Siamese. Yeah, that's so fucked up. And I don't it's also know why. really racist if you watch it again. <clears throat> oh yeah, I didn't so even think racist. about it. Maybe that was yeah. why. Maybe, maybe <laughs> you I just knew. knew. Um next question. Okay. What scares you now? What scares me now is legit scares you. Like I don't. Not I guess like I esoteric mean, things about like you know. Oh success. no, that's that, that. So like, well, so I don't. I don't want to talk about what right now. What scares you in like horror films? But like, what in your real life um, scares you? And it can be. It can be esoteric stuff. Okay. But like, what super duper fills you with dread? Whew. Well, I mean. I'm, as you know, a big true crime guy, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes, like, and now, I live alone now, this is my first apartment, like, without roommates or whatever, and there are times when I am filled with dread, like, <laughs> with my window open, like, in my bed listening to some of that shit, um, especially because, like, you know, in LA, a lot of it, uh, like, legendarily has taken place, LA like, is a murderous on town. my street and stuff. Oh, I, you mean when I just came over today, tonight, and told you a story immediately when I walked in the exactly. door about a murder that took place a mile and a half from your Exactly. Apartment? But that, like, that's, it's fun, and I, I like that, but there are moments, definitely, where I'm, like, filled with dread about just, like, um, being the victim of some sort of random, um, person's, like, weird bullshit <laughs> yeah it's weird because i los angeles for some reason i grew up in in mostly rural north carolina rural the rural, rural juror rural. um and 
uh, you know, my I had neighbors, but, like, a lot of my friends' houses were pretty isolated. I'd have to drive windy roads with, like, no streetlights, mm-hmm. you know, through countryside to get to them. And I never thought about it as a kid. If, like, my car had broken down and I was 16, like, you know. Yeah. Um, now, when I go back there and I'm driving, I think about it all the time. And for some reason in L.A., which is higher concentration, higher, you know, of people probably higher crime rate because just because of the concentration of people. And I feel safer weirdly just because I know that you live alone, but you've got apartment buildings around you. Like, there are Everyone would everywhere. hear me screaming. Right. For I some reason that, that plus like for modern forensics makes me feel like mm-hmm. first, I feel like that's more of a deterrent today than it would have been. Um, you want to like, know what really scares 70s? me? Yeah. Like someone, <laughs> Someone close to me being murdered and then me being, like, blamed. Like, there being, like, evidence that, like, gets me convicted for it. Horrifying. Like, because that shit is the, in true crime, like, the most disturbing shit to me is when, like, someone has clearly been, like, wrongfully accused of something. Yeah. And they're just fucked. Like, if Um, I left here, they'd be like, well, who was the last person to... Well, you'd probably be safe, mostly because the first person who is um suspected if someone is partnered is like the boyfriend or the husband yeah or the wife or the you know like totally. they go to that thank god first. thank god yeah. but yeah like <laughs> like if, if like anyone yeah like like even like i feel like i would be so terrified and nervous being questioned by the police about something like that that i would seem so yes. guilty yes and i would like I would probably be yeah. like one when of I see the main a cop suspects. behind me, even if I've done nothing wrong, I'm like, oh fuck. Oh yeah, no, I'm afraid of like, of cops, like in the way that I'm afraid of sharks, like mm-hmm. when I'm swimming, <laughs> like uh, like if I see one, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I have the same sort of just like um, like don't focus on it, don't focus on it, like it's yeah. not gonna be get cool. you. Act yeah. cool. Um, what is your favorite horror film of all time? Um, The Shining. Mm, for sure. That's a good I mean, one. it's just like the one that I can watch any goddamn time. Did you watch that as a kid? I definitely. I watched did. it for the first time probably in like fifth grade or something. Yeah, that's a fucked up movie for kids. I mean, yeah. for adults. I fi- well, what I, I remember love is that I it, saw it hits like those buttons as a child, but then you get to be an adult and it's there's always somehow some, more That's why horrifying. I can watch it so much because there's always something new that I can either pick up on or, like, choose to project onto it. Like, it's What so... did you think about Room 237? Did you see it? Um, I didn't watch it because I heard it was bad. So I, I tried watching it. Alec and I actually tried watching it once and turned it off after, like, 20 minutes because mm-hmm. we were like, this is fucking stupid. I'm, like, a part of me has always been curious to watch yes, it. Yes, and then, but here's the good news. I, I finally sat down and made myself watch it, and when I watched it through the lens of not, like, trying to have these people prove their weird conspiracy theories to me, but through the lens of, like, having an affection for the fact that people care that much about the movie. Yeah. And the stuff they're saying is batshit crazy. Like, it's like, no, that's not it. But the fact that people spend, have spent their lives, like, mapping out the floor plan. I love, like, the the great thing about the movie is it's so, like, opaque in terms of, like, what it all means that you can really, like, decide for yourself, like, what the most fucked up meaning for it. And, like, I love that. That then there's just like this palpable sense of dread in that movie for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I was gonna say something. Oh, I did watch that dude's other movie, The Nightmare, which was I can't I'm afraid to watch that. It's so bad. Really? <laughs> it's like that makes me feel better. It makes me laugh. Like well, it's not I'm good. scared because they say it like, oh god, <laughs> I'm afraid to talk about like my armpits are sweating just thinking about this. Because they say that if you talk about, like, sleep paralysis and, like, shadow people, that it'll happen to you. Like, it's more likely to happen if you're talking about it. The whole shadow it. person thing is pretty creepy. Yeah, I mean, like, I when like you really it. dive into that. Like, Creepypasta's got some creepy stuff on it. There's a lot of shadow Legends. people stuff in John Do you listen John to that podcast? It, yeah, really? Mm-hmm. It's been oh, a while yeah. since I saw it. Oh, I listened to one that you recommended, I think, which, about which um, the children with, like, the white eyes or whatever. Black-eyed kids. Yeah, oh my god. Well, the <laughs> Astonishing Legends episode on shadow people people i had to turn it off at one point and come it's, back. An, it was it's a lot way too scary it's well really they, scary. they also they're like three hours long um <laughs> but it can be really zen um what okay what do you think is the scariest movie of all time could be a different answer hmm oh i don't know i guess it depends on what scares you i mean obviously the exorcist scared a lot of people but i personally was never like that shook by that movie like i think like, when I watched it as a kid, I was kind of like, meh, that wasn't that scary. And then as I watched it as an adult, I'm like, gee, wow, that's like an amazing movie. But it's, it's not something that, like, 
really ever like haunted me. Yeah. I'm not like a religious person, I yeah, guess. Same. Um, I grew up with a lot of religion though, so as a same. kid, it scared me in that way. But then the older I get, I, I don't think know. I was too old to re- to really like. I think I was like over like um, like I think I realized that I was like not a religious person by the time I had seen it. So mm. I was kind of like me. Yeah. Um, like I wasn't afraid the devil was gonna get me or anything. <clears throat> Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe, like, Silence of the Lambs? Sure. Because it's so real. Is there anything so... that you couldn't put on, like, alone in your apartment and watch? Like, I don't think I could put The Exorcist on in the background for some reason, still. I think I could do that. It freaks me out. Something I couldn't, I don't know, like, shit that really disturbs me now is, like, like, the, Monacer, like, the Snowtown Murders. Did you see that movie? Was that the... Oh. It's the guy who directed Macbeth, the new Macbeth, and um, that wasn't the. It's an Australian yes. film, right? But it's not the. It's not the mockumentary. No, not mock, but like it's like a beautifully shot indie movie that is like the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my. It's life. based on a true Whole story, life. isn't it? Yeah, mm, I don't like, think that I that movie saw it. makes me like want to turn it off because mm. it's so. Um, like I feel like I'm doing something wrong mm-hmm. by having it on. <laughs> Again, with the murders, like the real life stuff really gets you. Yeah. What's your favorite subgenre of horror films? Are you a slasher person? Are you a creature feature person? Are you a true crime mm. biopic person? It changes. I mean, I think I started out, I think I'm more of a, like a, like a ghost guy, like a par- like a good spooky story, mm-hmm. I think is really great. But I also love a good thriller mm-hmm. um, that is, uh, with, like, a mystery component. Yeah. For sure. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm such a big fan of, like, well, since you said Silence of the Lambs, it's so funny because that, to me, that is straight up a horror film. Yes. But part of the reason it was able to, like, get an Academy Award is because it's also, like, a drama. And, and I love when movies toe the line. Yes. And just use horror. Yes. Like, like, to me, Nightcrawler is a horror film. Yes. But totally. It's a, but it's, like, mm, it's kind of yeah. on the borderline. Um, do you have a favorite sequel? Ooh. Shriekle. Poltergeist 2 scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. That guy, that dead guy. Oh, Kane. That dead guy. <clears throat> the, the, he comes to the door. Yeah, yeah, he's like literally dead. Yeah. He was the most terrifying person I'd ever How seen. How do you feel, do you know Poltergeist 3 very well? Pretty well, oh, yeah. I love yeah, that one's a real weird. It's so <laughs> fucked up. Anytime I'm in a parking garage and there's like a puddle of water, because you know at one point they like go into the water oh, yeah. and it like turns into a pool. They really made use of that location. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this apartment building. Laura Flynn Boyle, the mirrors. Oh, yeah. Um Carol Ann in the mirror, like evil Carol Ann in the yeah. mirror. Ugh. All the uh, stuff about poltergeist and like the curse and stuff is like really spooky and yeah. weird. Um uh, Marshall showed me to he showed me to the cemetery. Um, uh, <laughs> as he will do he once will, again. Yes. Um, Westwood, I think it's Westwood Village Cemetery. It's the one, it's kind of like tucked between, it's where Marilyn Monroe is. It's tucked between all these high rises. And I think that's where Dominique Dunn is buried, who is the oh, older yeah. sister who died. Oh, yeah. that's a bummer. Yeah. Betty Page is also there. There's a lot of, a lot of dead people who are famous there. <sighs> um, favorite franchise. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Um, I, my first impulse is to say Jaws, because I really like all of them <laughs> for seen, different reasons. I don't think I've seen any of the sequels. Really? I mean, not even two. I a kid, maybe, but like not. Two's like pretty time. good. Three is like fun to is watch. That the it's the SeaWorld one. What? Which was in 3D. Yeah, it, it breaks into SeaWorld oh. and it's like in 3D, but like the 3D transfer now just looks like really absurd. And four is, like, hilarious. The shark roars, and, like, Michael Caine is in it. And oh, there's, like, yeah. there was this, like, voodoo subplot, I guess, that they cut out of it. <laughs> that is, like, <laughs> that still exists in the novelization. Um, <laughs> wow. But, like, elements are, of it are still there. And it's just, like, supposed to be the same shark, basically, that's following um, Mrs. Brody around the, the world. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, the idea of a shark following someone from, like, one body of water to another is very funny. To yeah. Me. I mean, also, I, I haven't said enough about Halloween. Yeah. I think mean, Halloween is probably now definitely at least top three horror movies ever. But the franchise, have you seen all, all of yes. them? Yes. 
And, <sighs> like, it's pretty rough, but I would rather watch a Halloween movie than a Friday the 13th movie. Oh, interesting. Matthew and Daniel and I, this October, watched every single Halloween film, which I had never seen most of the sequels. Mm-hmm. I'd seen one and two a million times. Yeah. Um, and H2O a I remember seeing times. Six, The Curse of Michael Myers, oh, a bunch as a kid. The Paul Rudd one? Yeah, I feel like my <laughs> friend owned it or something, so I watched it a lot. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's like, okay. Have you seen the RZ ones, the zombie ones? Ooh. Yes, I have. <laughs> I don't count those. <laughs> I mean, I don't either, but we I mean, were, because I have the 35th anniversary, like, Blu-ray box set, and they were included, believe it or not, Matthew. They were included? They're in included in it. Huh. I know. Matthew was like, we're going to do it. We're going to go whole hog. Oh, I know he was And we not did a fan. it, and it was, it was a hilarious Had he never experience. seen them? Um, he, I would have had, loved had, to have watched. We had those all with him. seen the first one separately. The first Rob Zombie The second film, is on a totally different. And the level. second one, none of us had seen, and we had heard <laughs> things about it, and we were watching it, just out of our minds. I like, wish I had been it, there. So I wish bad. you had. You would have been very entertained. <laughs> you know how like violently angry Matthew and Daniel will get about trash. Oh, I can't. Especially imagine when it comes to Michael Myers. That. Oh yeah. Uh, favorite director. Ooh. Um. Like living, living. Nope. Living Dead. Um, doesn't matter. Let's say... Uh, and it doesn't have to be horror. Like, I mean, it can be, but like... De Palma, know. probably. I love... I'm a big De Palma fan. All right. Like And like, some of his stuff veers into horror territory, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I... I... Um, I'm supposed to watch... Is it Body? Body Body Double. Body Double. Great movie. Next episode of Boys and Ghouls, we're doing Los Angeles um, uh, themed horror films or Mm. movies set in. And that's, Marshall has assigned that movie to me because I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm really excited to see it. Sorry, I'm just thinking of things after the fact. Also, one of the scariest movies I've ever seen is um, Fire Walk With Me. Like I legitimately is fucking horrifying. I mean, I I watched it after. Twin Peaks The Return finished and like I just like wanted as much Twin Peaks as I could possibly get because yes. I was so obsessed with it. Yes. Um, and I so I had seen it as a kid like kind of like on TNT I think and so I, I knew that I had like flashes of it in my memory Yeah. but I watched it again um, like a few months ago and it is it has like so, a couple scenes in it that are just like so fucking scary. That kind of stuff, and I, it's been, I, I was in high school when I was obsessed with Twin Peaks the first go-round that I watched Fire Walk with me. I had, like, a VHS copy, and I don't remember anything about it other than, like, that Lynch, like, some of the imagery and the, and the sounds and the stuff that he does, it feels like it hits on, like, a, a lizard part of your brain. Yeah, it's really, it's like, you it's feel in between, so uncomfortable. Like, yeah, it, like, really digs into something that you didn't know was there. Yes, it's ve- which is why it's very uncomfortable because if you you're like why do I feel so yeah like right like now? the way yeah it's it's brilliant I'm so obsessed with him favorite bad guy is it Michael Myers is um, it Hannibal Lecter ooh maybe um I don't know I like Stu from Scream a lot oh he's the best <laughs> yeah I love him I a had lot. such a crush on him when I was in high school yeah he, I wanted to be just like Matthew Lillard. Um, do you do you love like I, I the more I think about Matthew Lillard the more I love him like yeah. uh, do you remember Thirteen Ghosts the remake yeah, oh like, yeah it, he's so good in that I had the he's impulse so to IMDb that recently <sighs> I, I saw that like with my dad like I was really excited to see that those like Dark Castle movies yeah what were the other ones there was that was like the second one there was one before House on that. Haunted Hill yes House on Haunted Hill and then yeah. there was that and then there was like the boat one. Ghost ship. Yes, which is kind of a trash film. It's not great. The opening, but the cool. opening yeah. scene is one of the best scenes in any horror movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's really so nuts. fucking cool. Um, hardest kill for you to watch in a horror movie? Um, Bone Tomahawk. Have you seen that shit? I've heard about it. Um, I get it's like a horror western. Sure. Um, and there's like a kill in it that's like the most horrific. Like a guy. Should I spoil it? Um. I don't mind, but if you're listening and you don't want to know, just turn it off for about 30 seconds. Go ahead. So this dude, um, they, like, scalp him, and then they stuff his scalp in his own mouth, and then, like, flip him over, like, cartwheel him over so his, like, feet are in the air, and then they, like, they cut him in half with, like, an axe, like, balls first. Wow. That happens in a Friday the 13th movie, too. Really? Yeah. 
It was, There's a guy walking on his hands, and then yeah, um, that's fucked up. So with Tough his own scalp in his mouth. Tough to watch. <laughs> just a little. Yeah. Um. What I that takes the cake. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> just a couple more. What do you think you get out of horror? What does it do for you? I don't know. I think it's a good like. Um, it's just sort of like imagination fuel. Like it's an e- it's ha- it's an easy way to tap into sort of like a creative space. I think for me as, as an actor. What does actor that do and, for you that, that like a great drama doesn't do or a great comedy? Cause I know you're a horror fan. Yeah. I mean, I, it just opens it up to a whole realm of like fantastic possibilities as opposed to sort of like an introspective thing. There aren't limitations, right? Right. It's just sort of like, yeah. yeah. And it's just, uh, yeah. And it's, it's visceral, which like a drama can be too. I mean, I thought um, August Osage County was a horror film to me. An emotional Yeah, in a lot of ways, for sure. It's so difficult to watch. But then, like, I don't know. I just watched Call Me By Your Name, and it's, like, one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And, yeah, that's all I really have to say about it. Um, (laughs) If you could live in any town in a horror movie, maybe not forever, maybe for, like, a week, which town would it be? Haddonfield seems nice. I love Pasadena. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cute. <laughs> I like that's, those little houses. <clears throat> that's the correct answer. Yeah. Um, so you win a prize. Well, um, the, the town of Poltergeist is just San Diego, right? <laughs> yeah. That's true. Is. I lived there when Suburb I was a little kid. It was San fun. Diego. San Diego's. Favorite non-genre film. Mm. What's your favorite film that's not like horror? It's not like sneaky horror. It's like something else. Okay. Uh... I'm drawing a blank. Um, I love that. I love that you're like, nope, those are my type of films. <laughs> no, I mean... Are you, like, do you like any comedy? I love, like, Wet Hot American Summer, maybe. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's not that I only like horror films. Sure, I just can't... Of well, you're such a funny person. Like, I've seen... This is a great way ah. to... This is a great way to transition into, like, the rest of our conversation, which is that um, though you've appeared in a lot of, like, in my opinion, um, I- iconic genre films you are also a very very funny person you i've seen you perform in a lot of sketch comedy and in fact i think that's the first time i ever saw you in person it was in like a bowling for tiffany show i'm sure and daniel was like my friend chase he was like i have this friend chase i'm like okay and he's like he plays um, Jeffrey Dahmer in this sketch that we're doing. He was oh, like, yeah, he I remember had, he that was like, sketch. He was like, you're not going to believe how much he looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, my Dahmer. God. Look and at us now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I, I've often heard it said, and I totally agree, that, like, horror and comedy are, like, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Because yeah. it has to do with, like, a buildup and a, a release, and then you, you know, because you need those moments of, like, heightened whatever. Um, totally. So, I mean, I don't think it's... Yeah, I mean, I don't... And also, like, when when you're performing either one, you really have to turn a part of your brain off. I mean, same with drama in a, in a, in a way, I guess, but, like, just to, like, accept the circumstances, you have to, like, <laughs> completely just, like, turn off a whole area of your brain and just sort of, like, let it take you where it's going to take you. I think it's interesting where your career has gone because... Same. Um, right. right. <laughs> well, it, because... Um, Anyone who's read any interview, like I've read every interview on the internet with you in the last couple of days because I was trying to, um, I wanted to talk to you about things that like you haven't talked about a ton. Um, just do something a little different. Thank God. I'm um, so sick of running my damn mouth. But first, we're going to talk about stuff you have talked about before, just to lay the groundwork. <laughs> okay. Um, I will, of, co- of course, have introed you before <clears throat> our interview on this podcast so people will have <clears throat> an understanding of who you are, but... Um, you uh, had that rare circumstance happen where you studied and then you got a big job right out of college. Yes. Um, John dies at the end. But, I mean, like, it's crazy to... Th- and and then you've gone into a whole series of, like, genre performances. Um, some of them have been, like, really small, like, kind of, like, memorable, super character-y things. And then some of them have been bigger. But it's all... A lot of it's been really... Um, like thriller horror stuff and mm-hmm. i wonder like what what a different life you'd have and what a different you know what i mean if, yeah. if if you hadn't gotten that that first role and then somehow you'd wound up doing like i don't know like i don't know i mean like when things. i think about it like if i hadn't gotten that i would not have gotten anything i mean it's not like that really kept me from getting anything else Except you, you for in those know. like few months sliding doors or whatever <laughs> yeah i don't know i i 
when that happened, I was like really freaking out. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't expect to like get a job that soon out of college. Like I didn't know if I had it. I still sure. obviously don't <laughs> to this day, but like, it was just like, it was very, uh, and like the script for John dies at the end. Like I, I got, I was getting auditions <clears throat> through this manager that I signed with that I'm still with. Um, and so I was like getting to read scripts for the first time, which was like really exciting and cool just cause like I'm a movie nerd. So it was like cool to like read scripts for like movies that were being made or whatever. And I did an audition for Jack the Giant Killer and then the next oh, wow. two, the next two were, um, John dies at the end and LOL, this movie with Miley Cyrus. Yeah. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. So I got those two scripts like at the same time and I read LOL first and I was like, <laughs> I'll probably, um, do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> why not? Sure. And then I read John dies at the end and I was like, Oh my God, did I write this? Like, it was just like very in line with like all my sensibilities. And like at that time, like I... I had never, there's not a lot of, like, horror theater, and, like, I had only done, like, a, like, a ton of theater, like, through school and, and at USC and stuff like that, um, so I hadn't really gotten to play in that wheelhouse at all, so I was, like, super excited about that, but also it's a comedy, and it's, like, a, a comedic character that, like, really played to my strengths, so that was, like, a whole other thing, so it felt like a culmination of, like, like, kind of everything I ever want, and I really wanted to do, like, indie movies and, like, be an independent filmmaker, actor, or whatever, like, f- like, since early high school, when I started watching, like, you know, movies like Mean Creek or, like, Donnie Darko or Ugh, Donnie Darko. Hedwig. Speaking of which, um, I was listening to an interview you did on another podcast where you talked about, um, the shitty director's cut of Donnie Darko. Oh, and my I, God. I also shared the experience of, I was... I don't think there's one, I don't think there's any other movie that had a bigger impact on me when I was like 17. Yeah, I mean, Donnie I knew Darko. every frame. That, every it's frame. baffling. I had the soundtrack. I was showing I it score. to Riley, my ex-girlfriend, yeah. Yeah. for the first, she had never seen it. And I was just like, what She's the kind of fuck alien. are we watching? There's a lot of stuff, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is this? Like, he uses so different takes of also, the same the, the stuff shot. that really drove me nuts was the um that like the technical like the explanation stuff of the, with the like uh diagram stuff like all the Ugh. extra the extra exposition that, that it didn't mind. need at all but yeah that i mean that movie there's just like, like people delivering lines in different ways for no reason and the uh the killing moon like i get that that wasn't the original choice for like the opening song or whatever but i hate it's that so it's not a in part there. of the it's so film. iconic that whole shot of him like riding his bike down yeah. the mountain yeah. to that song. That movie's a part of my DNA. Yeah. Um, I want to take you back because I read on your IMDb that you competed in forensics in high school. Is that yeah. a thing? Is it's that a, for real? It's a for real What does thing. that mean? Well, it has nothing to do with like forensic science at all. It's like debate and like speech. <sighs> speech and debate. How does that work? I don't so, know like, why it's called that. No one really does for sure. But like <laughs> the national level is, it's like the National Forensics League. And that's what they call, like, you know, de- the debate championships and okay. stuff. So, like, along with debate... You know, that sounds there, so intimidating. There's, like, all these different f- debate categories and, like, extemporaneous speaking and, like, original oratory and stuff, which I would do, like... I would do, like, oratories as a filler when, like, someone on our team, like, got sick or something and I'd just, like, bullshit some oratory and um, just, like, make a joke out of it. And sometimes I would get, like second or third over oh kids God. that like actually worked really hard on their oratories <laughs> but <laughs> i was just you, like what using would you fake be speaking f- about what, what was the for the oratories the- well that wasn't my this wasn't my main category but like for that i my i wrote one in like 20 minutes called Loch necessities <laughs> and it was all about the Loch ness monster and how i would like grew up in scotland as a kid my dad was too drunk to bring me to school so i would walk and then like imagine uh, it was some bullshit and then i'm like spun it into some bullshit about like how, like, uh, myths are so powerful and, like, made up a bunch of fake quotes from And everyone's, experts. like, slow clapping. And it was just, like, you know, like, moms judging or, or like, you know, like, people no, who didn't speak so English. And they were just like, wow! I can't <laughs> believe that. Um, but my main categories were, like, acting. Like, it's, like, an acting competition, essentially. So there's, like, debate and then there's speech, 
which along with like the original oratory thing, which is more debate based, like it's performance stuff. So like there's humorous interpretation and dramatic interpretation. And in Texas, there's duet acting. So in duet acting, you would get like, you're wearing suits this whole time, mind you. And you're in high school and uh, you, so the suits are really ill-fitting, which is way too yeah, big for you. <laughs> yeah, you look adorable. Yeah, and so everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> even the suits. So I, uh, so duet acting, like you get two chairs and you cut down a play or a movie, but generally it was a play because you had to once you got to like a certain level, you had to like prove that it was published material. Um, you had to like cut it down to twelve minutes and then perform it in a room of, like, ten people, and then there were, like, judges in the room that would rank you all. And it was a tournament, you know, so uh, there would be, like, a finals round at the end. And it's, like, a huge thing. Like, there's a national... Oprah did it. Paul Rudd did it. Wow. Like, and my main category was uh, humorous interpretation, which is basically, like, um, the same sort of thing where you cut, like, a play or sometimes a movie or whatever down to, but ten minutes, and in humorous dramatic interpretation is generally like a big long monologue and like sometimes they play different characters but it's very like important and slow and like you know about like you know rape and drugs and things like that um and humorous is like this whole style of performing where you play all the characters and you do all the voice it's very quick and you're like popping back and forth like between characters and it moves really 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 fast and I did it all throughout high school, like, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. And I just got, like, really good at it, I guess, by the end of high school. Whoa. Um, That's so specific. That sounds really satisfying. It is really satisfying, and it's really sad when you graduate high school, and it's, like, a completely arbitrary skill that, like, you right. can't use for anything. But it's a good lesson because, it, you know, especially you have because you have the you have rules that you have to operate yeah. within, which can help and you be creative and within those strictures. Totally. And I really know how, just speech in general, I really know how to cut the fat from stuff. Right. Like, I really know how to, like, get to the point of, like, a script or a, even, like, even, like, writing papers in college. Like, it's really easy for me to, like, cut things down. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I did Reefer Madness, like, the musical. And I made, like, you know, you change, I change all the characters. Like, you change, like, the slutty woman to, like, an old lady. But you don't change any of the lines. <laughs> so you just, like, find ways to do, like, bits and jokes without adding any dialogue. Right. And it's all just, like, physical stuff or, like, choices that you make. Do you think, because, so your perf- a lot of your performances are, because, why did I just, why did I just come from Minnesota? A lot of your performances are, <laughs> um, Oh, uh, I don't know. Well, so I, let me think of how I'm trying to say this. You are what I'm trying to say. Um... A lot of times you're you're not dealing with a ton of dialogue. There's a lot of like moments where the camera's on you and something really intense is happening. Yeah, or like you reacting have a couple to, like, of lines. A lot of reacting. Yes. So do you think that your forensics work, um, that kind of performance helped you, you learn how to use your body to like really tell a story? Yeah. And have that presence? Yeah, definitely. And I think I got in my head in college, I mean, I went to, like, you know, acting school in a conservatory-type program, and in college I got in my head a lot about, like, my body and stuff, and, like, if I was was or wasn't using it right, or, like, not feeling present in my body, because, like, so much of the shit they were telling us in, like, movement class just, just like, went over my head Mm -hmm. and was, like, way too esoteric for me and just, like, confused me. Sure. And so I kind of, like, felt... There were times when I first started doing stuff on camera where I just felt like a head on a stick, where I just, like, had zero awareness of, like, (laughs) anything my body was doing at all. Um, How did you find what worked for you then on screen? Was it just practice? I mean, I'm still learning, you know, Um, but I think, like, just, like, saying fuck it and, like, letting that stuff go, Mm -hmm. like, is something that's happened over time. But also just, like, re-engaging with, like, that part of my brain that, like, did that kind of performing um, and, like, thought that way creatively about, like, you know, how to really... I I don't know. Well, I think uh, it seems to me that with any kind of art, like painting or acting, you can 
and it's important to go learn from people who know things yeah. and take in what they say, but ultimately there's no right or wrong way to do it. So you have to pick and choose what works for you. And then it, you know, that, that, uh, the thing that always helps me is like you, you do all this work and then you have to like forget about it. And yeah. Like if I'm like do, often like on, on set or whatever, if I, I'll like, pre- like early on, I would like prepare in the way that like my favorite acting teacher told me how to prepare. Yeah. You're writing, you're filling in yeah, questions like about your character. and things that yeah. now I would like, it's such a waste of time. Like, you're wasting, literally wasting everyone's time. Like, there's no time for that. <laughs> like, you just have to well, especially execute. Especially with film. Yeah, like, you just have to. Especially, you it's have different like, in no theater. You have, like, the luxury of being able to, like, develop it in that way. But, like, film is a director's medium. And, like, you just have to show up and do your job. You yeah. Know? And, like, how, however whatever you have to do to do that yeah. is just, like, what you have to do. There's no, like, you know, like, good actor way to do it. Right. Um, I want to talk about The Guest. Okay. Because it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, me too. I love that movie. Um, and uh, I, so, like, because this podcast is about me, JK, it's about you, but I want you to understand that, um, and you probably heard the story, but that Daniel, your friend and mine, um, also previous behind the screams guest. Um, God bless him. Bless him. Uh, he somehow saw the film. Uh, maybe you took him to a screening or, or maybe he just saw it before we did. He went to go see it for whatever I reason. Think I, I think he, I don't know. He probably saw it. And this was 2014. And God he said, damn. he texted Matthew and I, and he said, I don't care it, what the what you're doing. October first, we're going to see this movie that Chase is in. Um, it is the perfect way to kick off October. Don't look at, at, up anything about it. You, this will be your favorite movie. <laughs> and we were like, okay. And then we went to see it, and I, I'm not kidding you when I say it's like one of. Uh, the, It might be the only time in my life I've ever cried with happiness at a movie. (laughs) And I'm not kidding you. My uh, tears came out of my eyes, um, which if you haven't seen The Guest, go see it immediately. Um, And spoiler, because I'm about to talk about a specific moment. But like when um, Dan Stevenson's character... Uh, gives that thumbs up at the end oh my God. to so the kid good. because He's because what so was going through my head my right then I was like because this the ty- I'd never experienced this like the thing that was washing over me which was this movie which was just the perfect my favorite sensibility on like every front yeah but the fact I was watching that moment and I was like if his ass like, he's looking at him, he's about to die. If he, like, gives him some kind of encouragement, because I feel like that's what he's about to do. Like, I could feel the moment <laughs> yes, coming. Totally. I was like, I'm in, and I, my my face started leaking. I was so happy. <laughs> totally. Um, Ooh, anyway, I want to watch it again now. It's so good. Um, I, I just, I don't love anything more. Um, but how did that movie happen? What was the experience like filming it? Like, oh, did you have any idea that it would be as perfect as it was when you were filming it? Do you ever know when you're filming something that it's, like, really special? Special. I mean, like, I was really, I was hanging out with Adam Wingard a lot because he yeah. lived down the street from me. And VHS was like at Sundance when John dies at the end was at Sundance. And we, like, he like tweeted at me. And so we kind of like knew who each other w- w- were. Um, and then we started like hanging out and just like shooting the shit a little bit. But I hadn't seen like much of his work, like, at all because Your Next hadn't come out yet or anything. Yeah. And I knew that that was, like, a movie that, like, got bought, but it had taken a long time to come out or whatever. But, like, in the period between when Your Next was, like, about to come out and, like, before the guests got started going, we were, like, kicking it a lot. And, like, we were gonna... So what we did was we were, like, we wanted to... He was, like, I want to make something. Like, I can just, like, you know, get some equipment together and we can just go film something. Because he, like, made a lot of, like, mumblecore movies with, yeah. like, Swanberg and stuff. Yeah. So, and I was like, hell yeah, yeah, <laughs> I want to make a mumblecore movie so bad. Yeah. Um, so we decided to go to, it was right when Elisa Lamb happened. Oh, fuck. That woman who done got found in that water tank. She did. Asked um, him, have you ever been to that hotel, by the way? Wait for it. 
So we decided to get a room at the Cecil Hotel. Well, now it's called Stay on Main, but your asses ain't fooling nobody. Yeah. I don't know why they think that they place can rebrand. Haunted as fuck. Really so not is. only was this woman like, there's like this video of her being like really creepy in an elevator. If you haven't seen it, it's like really weird. And then she was found in the water tank. She was found no in the water tank. She got there. There's no way to have gotten in the water tank. No drugs in her system. Like she, like not, there's no reason mm-hmm. for it to have None. happened. None. So, Meanwhile, so like the Night Stalker. He stayed there while he was murdered. There, people. Yeah. There are so, so it's many like stories. just a really fucked up place. Look up the Cecil Hotel. Yeah. So we went to it, and like I was like kind of like eh, about the idea, um, just because like I was I was nervous that we were gonna get like in trouble for filming something yeah. in a place where we weren't supposed to. I felt to. like I went and sat in the lobby by myself for a while because I happened to be in that part of town, and I was just like covertly trying. The to The lobby's a real nice. People. It's a it thin veneer on like Ooh. the horror that like when you go up the elevator, it looks like you're in an old old ship. Like, Were you uh, legit, like, freaked out? Yes. Well, it, it gets better. Oh, God. So, uh, we, like, he, like, got a room, and no. our friends, these, like, three girls we were friends with were gonna come, like, and we were gonna, like, start filming this movie, and he wanted to film me, like, um, re- do, like, recreating her exact movements <gasps> in the elevator oh, God. <laughs> on the same You're floor. You're gonna get possessed by the... So I should we be got respectful of that poor girl, but... I oh. know. Bless her. Bless so, her. when we got there, the, the one elevator was, like, closed down. Like, it was out mm-hmm. of order or whatever. But the one next to it was, like, the same, but, like, a mirror image. So, we're like, all right, we could still do it. Um, and I still just, like, kind of felt really weird about it. Um, and then he, we, like, went up and put our shit in, like, this room that he rented, which was, like, weird. Like, the, the bathroom was, like, a shared, like, a shared bathroom in the hall. Yeah. So, it's just, like, a little, like, it's, it's spooky. It's like a place. hostel. As it's like a hostel. Of, right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, we went in the elevator, um, to, like, scout it out. <laughs> and, uh, we went up to the floor where it happened. And we, like, get out of the elevator. And there's, like, a mirror in front of us, like, like across from the elevator and I was like oh maybe she was like looking in the mirror like that's cool whatever and so I was kind of like fucking around like doing her like it's kind of oh fucked God. up like, I had like pr- I had like out. practiced like the the steps she weird steps and stuff that she did so then I like continued on her path which was like she like walks out of frame to the left right and so I walked, like, through this, like, set of double doors, and, like, the room was, like, the staircase that went to the roof or whatever, oh, to where God. the water tank was. And Adam and I, like, went through those doors, and I would, like, turn to him, and I was like, this is where the... And then all of a sudden, there was this, like, bang! And all of the double doors in the entire hotel closed. What? Like, like clo- they were on some sort of timer or whatever, or setting, where they all... Just went, and like we screamed and ran and ran, and like as as we were running, like the doors were closing. It was fucking crazy. And then we like ran down the stairwell down to the lobby, and we like got our shit and left. Left. Get out. Um. Yeah, we didn't end up. That's so scary. We were we were much too scared, and we couldn't do it. So instead, we went to Vegas. Oh my god. <laughs> and he got a room in like like the Win Windstar or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um I think um and we made this like little mumblecore thing. Um that was just like improv and it was really fun. And um we had like my friend my now friend, this guy Owen doing sound and we had this guy named Mike just like shooting it and um those girls we were gonna do the Cecil thing with were with us and we were just like a good time and like made a little thing and Adam was just like you know doing his thing and I was like cool that was fun and then like we filmed a little more we never ended up finishing it but like when we got back he was like you want to come over and like see this like footage that I edited and I was like sure and then I watched it, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, this dude is fucking amazing. Like, like I just, like, I haven't right. seen anything that he'd really done besides, like, VHS, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was like, I felt it was, like, some of the best work I had ever done, like, no fault of my own. Right, And right. It, it just, like, looked amazing. It was just, like, so cool. And I was just like, holy shit, this guy is, like, immensely talented, and it's like, oh, my God. Um, and then I saw your next, and I was like, oh, that movie's so much fun. Yeah. And I knew they were making The Guest... I knew that, like, he was, like, trying to get it going or whatever, and he was, like, meeting with people, and 
Dan, he really wanted Dan to do it, and they weren't sure if Dan's schedule was going to work, so he was, oh, like, can't waiting. can't imagine anyone else. <clears throat> well, he was, he couldn't either, so he was, like, waiting until Dan's schedule cleared up to, like, gr- like, get going on it, and then finally that, like, happened, like, while we were sort of planning on how to, like, continue making this, like, mumblecore thing, and then he just, like, one day was, like, uh, I was, like, I think I'm going out of town, he was, I don't know, he said something like, uh, well, uh, don't do... I thought I was, like, getting some other movie or something, and he was like, oh, well, uh, talk to me first, because I think I can convince my producers to, like, let you be the boyfriend and the guest. And I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> so I was really stoked, and then he, then it, like, happened, and I was, like, super thrrilled. Yeah, it's like, perfect casting. You oh, were the thanks. perfect. I mean, like, I wasn't was, sure. Was it Zeke? Zeke. Yeah, okay. I think originally yeah. he was supposed to be <clears throat> older and more, like, meth, meth, like, tattoo guy. It's sadder. Um, it's sadder the way he is now. When I like he is in the film. I, I like his it fate. Definitely has like a lot more irony to it. In it does. That he just sort of like ends up in jail, and you totally forget about him. that moment where <laughs> you call her and you're like, "I'm gonna be here for a while," and you just feel so bad for this guy who's like going to jail for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I mean, it turned out. I think it turned out really. I mean, funny. what a cast! And um, what's his face? Um, I can't believe I'm blanking on. Um, I love him so much. The dad. No. Yes. Uh, Everyone. So um, no, I'm thinking of um, um, the gun guy. Uh, total Ethan transformation. Embry. Ethan Embry. Oh my god! Yeah. By the way, <coughs> the Devil's Candy. So good. I'm fucking obsessed. Ethan I, Embry he, was like my favorite actor as so a teen. Like I like can't yes. hardly wait. One of my all-time faves. I know. It's the best. I was hanging out, like I got to set when they were shooting Ethan's scene with a gun. Um, like I got in town that day, so I like went to set to like meet like wardrobe and like hair, and I got like a haircut, and then I like went back to the um, Best Western we were staying at, and just like you know fucked around because I, I I didn't have to work for a couple days, but I like saw Ethan there, and I was like, who's this dude? And then like they all came back, and like. We all went to get, I went to get food with him and Joel David Moore, who was also in the movie. He's like a great actor. But Who's like, he in the movie? He's Craig. He's the guy that Ethan shoots. Yeah. Um, he's, he's like an great. avatar and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's great. Um, he's really cool. But. Oh my God, I love everyone Ethan, in this like, movie. Ethan and I were hanging out for like three hours before I realized who he was. Oh my god. And he I'm like looks a, so different. I'm a now. huge fan of He's I like was there was like a point where I was ripped. just like, wait, what's your last name? And he was like Embry and I was just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and then like we just like he's just like a bud. He now. seems he's like, like the sweetest dude. The best guy. Yeah, he's such a good actor and like such a sweet dude. I love he's, that guy. He's like a total family man, right? Like, yeah. He's got a kid. He's got a kid that's like 17. Yeah. Yeah, he's Ugh. a great dude. He's the coolest. Um, That's amazing. And uh, Micah Monroe, love her. Yeah, she's, she's so good. brilliant. Yeah. She's so crazy good. And she was like, she had like gotten the script for It Follows when we were on set. Because I remember she was like, she was like t- telling the producers about it when we were like, she was like, I don't know, like got this script it's like it's like really good and they're I don't know I don't wow know I just realized that while since we've been talking about the guest I've just been Chris Farley in that sketch where he interviews Paul McCartney and he's just like <laughs> remember when you were in the Beatles <laughs> and he's like yeah and he's like <laughs> that was cool but instead I was like I totally remember that and here's what happened <laughs> well good um I just like I just don't love anything more than talking about that movie and I can't believe someone I know is in that movie I can't believe me, that I'm in that movie it's honestly crazy. it's weird it's the, it's the best i feel very like it's like one of the like i feel like i am detached enough from it that i can really be like like love it on my own sure you know? i mean it's 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 one of those things like you can have experiences working on something where like it was a really fulfilling experience for you but like and you you're happy with your work in it but like it's not necessarily great or it's great but you don't love your whatever but like this is a a, a yeah, uh, this categorically movie is just like objectively my, my work in it is like neither film. here nor there. For, like, Whatever, it's like you're at great. All. The, but the whole movie is just yeah, just like the soundtrack bonkers. So good. I listen like, to the soundtrack on the daily. Yeah, I listen to it all the time. It's so good. It's so good. It 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 also feels like the guest was on that the kind of like beginning of that wave of um synthy 80s like throwback yeah, stuff definitely. without being heavy handed yeah. and it was Steve Moore not... who did like a lot of the score for that movie great dude he's in this band of zombie 
But he like does all all of those movies. Yeah, now. yeah. He does like all those scenes. And some of and them stuff. it seems a little more shoehorned in than others. Definitely. And it, the, for the with the guest, it just feels so organic because the storyline is also very like Terminator. Like it's yeah, very it's, that, that 80s makes action. the it makes the movie. Yeah, it like really elevates it. Yeah. but I agree. Yeah, that's becoming a little played out. The the synth thing. This interview, um, knowing I was going to interview you, gave me the reason to finally. It'd been on my list forever, and I just never watched Beyond the Gate. So I watched it um, last night, and I had a whole lot of fun. At, speaking of um, like eighties totally. throwback stuff, what I didn't realize is what a local film it was. Oh, like, real local! I was like, um, Eddie Brant. Eddie Brant, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. I was like Eddie Brant. Oh, um, bearded lady, like yeah, what? Yeah, um, super. It's fun. It's very local. Yes. Um, I was like, I've been there. I've we been filmed there. it locally. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. And at, at, some like hot a lot spots. of local haunts. Yeah, like Eddie Brant's this big. Video Any brands is the best. Yeah. Um, so I this is kind of a little bit off the beaten path, but I read in an interview I dug and found that you you were saying that you wanted to write a feature. Yeah. Have you done that? Do I you have. still want to do that? What have you written? I've done have I not told you about this? Oh. My Keith Morrison script. Wait, what? Speaking of Tiny tangent. So I work at Wondery, um, uh-huh. which did Dirty John, like number one on iTunes for like. I'm well aware of Dirty months. John. Um, you, some of you may have heard quick. of it. I have. Nothing. There's a Dateline on Dirty John. I was about to tell Friday. you Friday night. Is it Keith? It's Keith. <gasps> I, I just found out today. Keith oh my god, it's doing Keith. It. I'm, like, oh, I'm I'm canceling dead any plan. All so the plans wait, I don't have for Friday. Now I think you've told me about this. I think script, I, t- I tell think our I told listeners you a little bit about. You must have. tell our listeners as long as you guys don't would like steal to. my idea. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't have... You can just give us broad strokes. Well, basically, it's like a Dapalmaian cohen dark comedy thriller. Sure. About a character that's, like, clearly Keith Morrison mm-hmm. being framed for murder uh-huh. and then having all of his colleagues at Dateline um, trying to cover it and, like, paint it <sighs> one way or another. Oh, amazing um i like wrote it like a year and a half ago and it's kind of ju- i've been working on some other stuff so it's kind of just been around so i'm gonna revisit it i think you need to get that made yeah i really um i worked on it with my friend julian horvat who's like an amazing filmmaker who directed the short called whiskey fist that i was in that was like at south by southwest and stuff and she basically like taught me how to write a screenplay. Cool. Yeah, she like helped like help me outline it, and then just we'd like check in every couple every week or like couple of weeks, and I just like show her my work and stuff. That's good that you had a touchstone because writing can be so solitary. Yeah, I mean the thing about it is like I had always just found it so difficult to just sort of like sit down and do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And like when you have sort of a structure to like plug things in. And then, like, and then, you know, take them out, rearrange them or whatever. It made it a lot easier. Like, more like I was filling out a worksheet in a way. Yeah, Um, absolutely. At least initially. Um, Last question. You, hmm, is there a dream role that you would like to have played? Or, so, like, either a role that exists that you've never played um, like in a play that you've always wanted to play or a film role that exists that everyone's familiar with that you wish you had played or a type of role that you would like to play in the future. Just however you want to interpret that. Okay. Well, first of all, a role that I really have always wanted to play in theater is um, Kachurian and the Pillow Man by Martin McDonough, mm-hmm. which is, like, one of my favorite plays. It's essentially, like, as close as you can get to, like, a horror play. Right. It's extremely fucked up. But, like, that role, um, I did a duet version of it in speech. As yeah, yeah. Te- We've heard tell of your duet yeah. performances. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, I, that role, I think, it like, I mean, he's such an amazing writer, and it's funny, and it's dark, and it's visceral and stuff but that character really runs the gamut in terms of like going through some shit on stage Mm -hmm. which i think is real fun (laughs) um and then like in terms of like movies stuff like basically i don't know like i something that i wish i could have played i mean i would love to have been in like like mean creek like i love mean creek like i love movies that are like 
clearly like a like an ensemble of like people that seem like they've known each other for years and like everyone has their moment and it's just like you can tell they were all on location and like it's just, like it's just like all the elements come together i love that um in terms of like what i would definitely like what i would want to play like is always changing based on like whatever what i've done but for a while i've really been wanting to play just like a complete completely um like just like happy idiot yeah <laughs> like really badly oh, like with with no like darkness to like it. um like, um, like a blindly happy what's that movie um about the future the just the what idiocracy yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i would love to just play someone really dumb and happy like with like a bright positive <laughs> attitude i would love yeah. that it was so fun. That's a great answer. Um, thank you for sharing your creepy inner spooks with oh. um, the Boys and Ghouls audience. My pleasure. Really Is it over? Appreciate it. I mean, it doesn't have to be over, but um, it just seems like it's a natural. It's really flown by. I know. You're the best. Well, thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Uh, bye. Thanks so much for listening to our ninth episode of Behind the Screams. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with Chase. It was a lot of fun talking to him. We'll see you soon for the next installment in our Behind the Screams series. Until then, and as always, beware the moon.